Hi everyone, this is Van Cochran. Today in our series on God's guidance, I talk about fear and how fear keeps us from hearing God clearly and how freedom from fear comes through confidence in the absolute goodness of God. Okay, so there's this guy, he goes to the doctor, and when he walks into the doctor's office, he has a carrot sticking out of one ear, and he has celery coming out of his nose. And for those of you that are on this meat-only diet, I think they call it the carnivore diet, he has a chunk of steak sticking out of the other ear. And he says, doctor, I, I just, I'm not feeling myself. I just don't feel good. I have no energy. And the doctor looked at him and said, well, no wonder. You're not eating right. Okay. All right, let's... <laughs> Let me try this one then, okay? <laughs> There's a kid at school and the teacher's teaching them math, just simple counting. And he says, oh, I know how to count. My dad taught me numbers. And so the teacher says, well, okay, what comes after one? And he said, two, three, four. She said, oh, very good. What comes after six? He said, seven, eight, nine. He said, oh, the teacher says, that is great. That's wonderful. What comes after 10? He said, Jack, Queen, King. <laughs> Yeah, so we've been in a series on God's guidance and um, how God leads us. And two few weeks ago, I, my main thought was that if you live your daily life by godly values, when you come to big decisions, it's not going to be hard. They're, they're going to they're seem like just the next step. Wilson then shared a message on the importance in finding God's guidance and leading in your life of having approval, favor, not only with God, but with man, with the people around you, as well as with just God speaking to you. And then last week, Sarah talked about how uh, God's guidance, when we experience God's guidance in our lives, it draws out our identity and anointing, and it enables us to walk more fully in anointing and identity. And, and today, I want to talk about fear. I want to talk about fear as something that will keep us from experiencing God's leading in our lives and God's guidance in our lives. And what, what's really cool is I had th this, God gave this to me last week, and then this morning I get a message, text message from Micah Turnbow, who leads our prophetic ministry here. And Micah said in the text, he said, I just really believe God's going to free people from fear today. And so I th people are going to get freed from fear today. And if there's anything that keeps us, that closes our hearts to God and to who He is and His goodness, it is fear. And really it does come down to the fact that I'm, I'm afraid what God might tell me to do. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just a little bit afraid. What if He tells me to do something I don't want to do? I, you know, as a brand new believer, I got saved just shortly before my 21st birthday um, out of a really reckless life. And I didn't know a whole lot about the Bible or anything like that, but I had two fears. One of them was God was going to tell me to go someplace I didn't want to go. And the other one was He was going to tell me to marry some, a girl that I didn't want to marry. And so I remember uh, one time thinking through the, uh, maybe she's afraid of something too, I don't know. <laughs> thinking through this, uh, I, I had heard a missionary talk about uh, it was someone with, I think it was Operation Mobilization, which was a real radical group back in those days. 
And this, this person had been in Africa living in a little tribe, living in a hut. And he was talking about all this. And you know, I, like, I hate mosquitoes, and I really don't like spiders. And I know there are mosquitoes and spiders in Africa, so I didn't want to go to Africa. And I was afraid God was going to tell me to go to Africa. And so uh, I was praying and thinking this through. And suddenly as I'm praying, I had this vision of myself in a tribal setting in Africa, and Jesus was with me. And that just settled everything. It was okay. It was just like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to be with me, then it's okay if, if you'd call me to go there. Because you're going to be there, and I want to be where you are. I want to be with you. And that other fear I had, I, you know, I finally realized that God's going to give me the, the desires of my heart. And what the, the Bible says this, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And so some people might look at that and say, oh, well, okay, I want a new car. So, Lord, I delight in you. I'm, I'm really, really so happy in you. Give me that car. Or, oh, boy, I want to marry that girl or that guy or whatever. And, and that's not what that verse means at all. What that means is if you really delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires. Your desires will line up with His heart. And when, when, when you have that going, then the, the desires that flow out of your heart are, are, are His. And so delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in Him and allow Him to fill your heart with desires that are good. And, and so that settled the whole issue of the fact that God wasn't going to tell me to marry a girl that I didn't like or didn't feel attracted to. Actually, there were a couple girls that I could tell liked me, and I avoided them because I didn't want to get close to them and then have God say, oh yeah, this is the one. So that was pretty stupid of me. Uh, I still have stupid thoughts too. So Now, this whole fear thing. Fear cancels out love. That's what the Bible says. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so fear cancels love. Fear nullifies love. Fear, fear nullifies power. And fear confuses our minds. 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's say that together, okay? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if I'm confused there's a pretty good chance there's some fear behind that. If I'm living with confusion, there's a good chance there's fear behind that. If I feel totally unloved, there's a good chance there's fear involved in that. You've got to get set free from that fear. If I just feel weak and at the mercy of life, then there's a good chance that I'm not experiencing God's power, and I'm certainly not seeing myself as a powerful person who can make decisions, who can obey God, who can walk with God and do what God's calling him to do. There's fear behind that. So today, fear. We're going to pray for people to get set free from fear. There's a verse in James that um, uh, really has a lot to do with finding God's leading and God's will. And it's James 1, 6 through 8. I want to show to you James 1, 6 through 8. I'm just going to read it here. 
says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you know, wisdom is how, how to move through life. Sometimes it has to do with situations we're facing and we don't know what to do with them. Sometimes it really has to do with decisions and God's guidance in our lives. But we can pretty safely say this applies to finding God's guidance. So he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. All right, so wisdom. We want wisdom. We need wisdom. And when we come to God for wisdom, He doesn't reproach us. He doesn't say, hey, wait a second, I taught you that two years ago. What's wrong with you? Why can't you remember? Or uh, th that's so obvious. How could you not already have that wisdom? How could you not already know what to do in that situation? Don't you ever read the Bible? I mean, God's not going to reproach us like that. He doesn't, he doesn't come at us to shame us. No reproach. But he says here, let him ask in faith. Now, what does that mean? Well, it'd be easy to say, well, that means that I have to really, really, really believe that God's going to answer, that God's going to give me wisdom. And if I ask him for wisdom, I really, really, really believe he's going to give me wisdom, then he will. But that's not what that means at all. When he's talking about faith, what he's talking about there is faith in the goodness of God. That I'm living in faith. So that I'm not saying, God, I want your leading in this area of my life, but not that area. Because I don't trust you to lead me in this area. God, show me where to live. But, uh, you know, when it comes to money, these are modern times. And I I'm not so sure you're, I need to come to you for wisdom and how to handle my money. Yeah, I, I, want, I want a happy family. I want my kids to be blessed, but you know what? I'm not so sure I'm going to follow your word on my relationships. He's talking here about being completely committed to saying, God, the, the best of my ability, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to trust you and I want to do it. God, I want your leading in every area of my life. Not just, not just this one area where I feel like I have a problem, but every area. And so, God, I, I want to open my heart up to you fully to receive everything you have for me. Why? Because I trust you. Because of your goodness. Because I know you are for me and not against me. You know, the Bible says, if God's for us, who or what can be against us? You know, the Bible says, God, God said to Israel, and he said this when they were in troubled times, he said, I know the plans I have for you. And they're plans for welfare and not calamity you might have a future and a hope. Do you know that God says that he is constantly searching the entire earth, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself mighty on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. That's all you need is a loyal heart. You know, uh, early on in my Christian life, I, I just, I took up this uh, theology that said that God's Everything that happens was preordained by God. So you stub your toe, well, I guess that was in the plan. <laughs> you know, you run through a red light, get a ticket, well, that was in God's plan for my life. You know, like one guy uh, said, a Calvinist, that's people who think this way, uh, fell down the steps, 
And he got up and brushed himself off and said, well, I'm glad to have that behind me. <laughs> and that was my thinking. Now, the big problem with that thinking is that when something bad happens, you attribute it to God. And, and you say, well, that was God. That was God's will for me. That was what God wanted for my life. And if you have enough bad things happen, then you start thinking, well, maybe that's just God's will for me. Maybe it's just God's will that I am not one. God's will for this other person is that they succeed in life and have a happy life. God's will for me is that I glorify him by just persevering through all this sadness and grief and heartache. And when you start thinking that way, then it makes you view yourself in the wrong light. And you don't see yourself then as a child of the living God. And when you, when you begin to understand that God's heart towards you is good, that his mind, his, his spirit towards you is good, and hard things do happen in life, they're going to happen no matter what, but you'd much rather have hard things happen knowing that God is good and you're trusting him through the hard things, rather than thinking, well, God did this to me. And, and so when we begin to understand God's goodness, that verse, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself mighty on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. That really rocked my world when I discovered that. I was pastoring a small, couple of small churches, first church. I mean, they grew, but not, not, not like I wanted them to. And, uh, and, and so I, I looked around at other guys that were pastoring churches that were bigger or better or whatever from my perspective in those days. And I just thought, well, okay, maybe this is just what God's will is for me. You know, I'm just never going to do anything significant for him. But I'm going to persevere, and I'm going to love him anyway. And, 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 of course, that was right. That part of it I got right, okay. But when I read that verse, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself mighty on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And, and I, in the context loyalty there does not mean perfect. The old translation says whose hearts are perfect towards him. But it really doesn't mean like perfect in the sense of you never, never, ever, 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 ever falter in your belief in God's goodness or, or in who he is or in serving him or obeying him. It doesn't mean that. In fact, the person that that was spoken to later has major flaws in his life, a major failure in his life. And, but, but God's, uh, God is speaking to him this promise saying, look, your life was King Asa in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 16. You can read the story. He's saying, your life has been directed towards me all of your days. Hasn't been perfect. You've made some big blunders, but your life has been pointed my direction. It's, it's like you're walking someplace. You have a destination, and, and the destination is God. Now, along the way, you might get off track at times. But when you realize you're off track, you get back on track and you keep going. And you might get distracted here. Or you might just get tired and just lie down beside the trail and you don't make any progress at all for a while. But your life is pointing towards God. And, and all the zigzags, that's where you're headed. Anybody remember that old cartoon, The Family Circus? I remember one cartoon, one of them was... Uh, kids going out to get the mail and he's like running around the house and in the neighbor's yard and all over the place he finally gets to the mailbox and gets the mail and comes back in that's sometimes what our lives are like 
That's a loyal life. Even, even though we make detours and even though we might get totally distracted and off the path at times, loyalty means I know where my life is headed and I'm going to keep going there. And if I fall down, if I falter, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going that direction. Now, if that's your life, if that's what you can say about your heart, then God's looking for people just like you. He's looking for people just like you because he wants to show his power on your behalf. And what that means is that you're not double-minded. It's, it's not, yeah, I want to serve God, but I'm not so sure I want to serve God. I want to serve God in this area of my life, but not in that area of my life. That's double-minded. Single-minded is, I want to serve God, and I'm going to falter along the way, and I'm going to stumble at times, but I want to love, live for God, and I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep on that path focused towards God. And when we do that, His Word assures us that we are going to have His blessing in our lives, that He's going to be present with us. He's going to be present with us. And th this is the antidote to fear. Okay, this is the antidote to fear, is understanding God's heart towards us. And when we understand His heart towards us, then we can say, all right, hard stuff is going to come. I know that because I live in a broken world. Jesus is going to be with me. He's going to be with me. And, and his heart for me, his will for me, is that in every situation I would prosper. In every situation I would triumph. In my heart before him and in my life, so I can be confident in him. Confident in my future, so that I can say, God, lead me in every area of my life. And God, whatever you say, I want it, I'll do it. You know, God's wisdom sometimes is just like convoluted. It's just like it doesn't make any sense. So, so the nation of Israel comes, they, they cross the Jordan River, God stops the waters, and they cross the Jordan River on dry ground. And God's first battle plan for them, uh, there were other people living in the land, had invaded the land that God had for his people, and he had told his people to, to, get, you know, to chase them out. And so they're going to go to war. And the first battle plan was march around this city seven days in a row, one time each day, on the seventh day, seven times, and then blow trumpets, and you'll win the battle. Now, that makes no sense whatsoever from a worldly perspective. But that was God's wisdom in that case. And you know from there on, do you know what, what God's wisdom was? It was standard military wisdom. Divide the land, so they pierce through the land, and then take this section, and then take that section. That's just, that's still military, uh, that, that's, uh, that's still foundational military thinking today. So God's wisdom is whatever God tells us to do, whether it makes sense or not, okay, to us. And so when we have that, when I just say, God, you're good, I know that, I love you, I know, God, I falter. I failed you. I'm not perfect, but I love you. My life's moving in your direction, and I trust you. I trust you. His word says that he's going to answer the prayer for wisdom that we have, that we, that we bring to him. So how do we get free from fear? Well, it is really understanding the power of, of God's goodness and recognizing his incredible goodness, recognizing that God doesn't give us fear. Fear doesn't come from God doesn't come from God. In fact, um, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 tell us something about fear. Pretty powerful passage here. It says this, 
says, since therefore the children, that's you and me, share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise partook of the same things. In other words, Jesus became flesh and blood, he became a human being. And when it says things in the plural there, it's, it's not just referring to him becoming a human being, but living in a broken, fallen world and all the things that you encounter as a human being in a broken, fallen world. He partook of the same things that through death, his death on the cross, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Isn't that powerful? Wow. And do you know that all fear is rooted in the fear of death? And not just death dying at the end of my life, but the death that came into the world when Adam and Eve turned away from God and joined Satan's team. And so relational pain, that's part of death. Failure in life, that's part of death. Sickness is part of death. And so Jesus came to do what? To destroy the one who had the power of death. That is the devil. And he controls people through our fear of experiencing the death that has come into the world through the fall of humanity. And so that is destroyed. Satan's grip has been broken. That means you and I do not have to live with fear. We can be freed from fear. Let's say that together. Say it like this. I can be free of fear, okay? I can be free of fear. Again, I can be free of fear. All right? The answer to that is the goodness of God. Let's just say the goodness of God together, okay? The goodness of God. God is good, and His goodness is running after you. Isn't that a great song? God's goodness is chasing you down. You can't get away from His goodness. He's coming for you. So just slow down, okay? Just slow down and let Him, let him catch you. That's what we want to do. There's this other passage on fear in 1 John. It says this, uh, 1 John 4.18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So, again, perfect means matured. In, in the New Testament, when it talks about you know, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, that word perfect means mature. It, uh, it, you, you could use this, think of this. You pluck a tomato out of your garden, and it has a couple spots on it, but it's ripe, and it's red, and it's ready to eat. That's mature. That, that's a perfect tomato, okay? And so, perfect love. Mature love casts out fear. But when he says here, casts out, that is so reminiscent of Jesus over and over again. Uh, the Greek word is ekbalo, casting out demons out of people. And, and I think there is something about fear that opens us up to spiritual attack. And, uh, you know, to whatever degree, uh, and, and it's nothing to be afraid of or it's not spooky or anything like that. It's just we, we're opened up to spiritual attack because of fear. And, and that's why sometimes people have uh, obsessive fears. Now, now, if I live with obsessive fear, then I, we, will, we want you to get freed from that. We want you to be freed from that. 
We're going to spend the rest of our time here just praying together. And um, you know, one of the things that happens is traumatic things happen in our lives. We make decisions based upon them. And those decisions, those heart positions that we take, then become a place where the enemy can shoot his fiery darts at us to incite fear within us. When I was a kid, I was, I, man, I was an active kid. And I climbed everything and tried to do everything. I caught on fire once. <laughs> and uh, I literally caught on fire. And I'm, run, I'm running across the, across the room with flames streaming behind me. My mother threw me down on the carpet. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is, isn't it? <laughs> I ran to the sink. I was a smart kid. I knew, some, I knew I was burning, and I ran to the sink, and my mother came and, th and tripped me and <laughs> put me down on the floor and rolled, rolled me up in a carpet to put the fire out. And then I was laying on the couch with my bottom exposed because it was on, on the back side. And back in those days, doctors actually came to your house. So we're waiting for the doctor to come. And as a four-year-old kid, I don't know why I would have ever thought this, but I said to myself over and over again, I wish I had never been born. <laughs> you know, this hurts so bad, I wish I had never been born. Well, I came to a point where I had to really deal with that as an adult. And, and, I, and I know, I was just a kid just saying something I didn't really even understand. But things like that can lodge in our hearts and our minds. And so when we really came into understanding how the Holy Spirit works, I confessed that. And I just said, God, I, you know, I just renounce those words. You know, I, I renounce those words. I, you know, I, I know I was a kid, but I, but I renounce those words, and I want to be freed of them. And if you have something like that in your past, you can get set free today. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. I just, I just want, I want everyone here to think is there something in your background that still kind of haunts you? Something that stirs fear in your heart? Something like I had happen when I caught on fire? <laughs> you can even laugh about it today maybe, but it's still, you, you, you might recognize, yeah, I really need to deal with this. So I'm just going to pray that God brings to our minds anything like that. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful that you bring all the good things of God to our lives, into our lives. Just show us, Lord, if there's anything that we need to renounce today to confess before you, to turn away from. So these are, these are things that we believe God wants to uh, specifically free us from today. Lies about God's character. Secondly, fear of not being good enough. Fear of failing. 
Third, fear of not knowing your identity in Christ. And the fourth thing, mental illness. Father, we, we, we call these out before you. We pray for freedom. Lord Jesus, bring freedom. If any of these apply to you, we're going we're gonna to have our prayer team up here to pray for you, but I want to pray now too. And if there's a specific thing at the root of it, as I just prayed for God to bring to our minds, if there's a specific thing you have believed or you've responded to like I responded to, the, to my situation when I was four years old. So right now, just uh, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to break the power of that. Just, just pray like this. Father God, I confess to you that I responded the wrong way to that situation. And now, whatever it was, just I renounce I, I, I would pray I renounce that statement when I said I wish I'd never been born so you just pray that I renounce and then whatever it was if you're really bold pray it out loud and pray this Father thank you pray with me Father thank you that through Jesus Fear is canceled. I receive that in Jesus' name. I am freed from fear through the power and life of Christ who destroyed the enemy and he no longer can use this to control my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.